This Sam Mays Podcast Roadshow is brought to you by Pettit Insurance in Norman. Remember, you're always in good hands with Allstate. On the Monday of game week, it's just different. It hits different. It feels different. It's uh, something that has been in my blood my whole life. So when you listen to Red Dirt music, it's like that last rebel sound to me. It is a combination of uh, southern rock and jazz and uh, bluegrass and and for Skip Bayless to come out and say I don't feel bad for him and kind of belittle him and say how dare you how dare you as the leader of America's team show weakness honestly I want to say what I want to say this is the Sam Mays podcast Welcome, I'm Sam Mace, and today we have Mr. Bo McMillan, former NFL agent and current uh, managing partner of Cola Organics. How are you, sir? Doing well. How are you doing, Sam? Good. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're talking NFL draft as uh, we had several Oklahoma Sooners and Oklahoma State Cowboys get drafted. Uh, we'll talk a lot about what's going on and just in relation to college football, some college football takeaways from this year's NFL draft. I uh, I love this time of the year. You know, draft season's a ton of fun. We we get to see a lot of dreams come true. And uh, I don't know, there's just some drama about it, right? The NFL's a 365 conversation now, and uh, it just there, it just adds a little bit of an intensity, you know, and, and during the offseason that I can appreciate. Heck, we're just a few months away from the season getting started. Oh, without a doubt, the draft uh, has always been one of my favorite times of year, especially when I was an agent uh, going up to the Combine in February in Indianapolis and seeing those putting eyes on – actual flesh and seeing those guys in person work out and move is insane i mean those guys have been working their entire lives for this moment and when they're up there i mean you know it's what's kelly greg call it the underwear olympics but right. it's true i mean it is a meat market for the best athletes that college football has to offer every yeah. year what is i've got to ask what is the vibe um, you know, I, I was hurt, so I didn't get to go to the combine. And uh, But I was just curious, you know, what does it feel like uh, in a room full of kids that are for the first time competing against each other for a paycheck? It's super intense on the field with the players. Um, some guys deal with it a lot better than others, obviously, but every step they take and move they make and – every interaction they have is scrutinized by all 32 teams and every team has a team strictly there that scouts players and evaluates. So that's another 20 plus people right. per team looking at you. So you're seriously, there's six to 700 people staring at you all day and night as you go through every single situation and every interaction. And that's just in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. That's not even counting what's being broadcast on ESPN and the NFL Network because it's, it's a 24-7 right. experience now. You know, I, I, uh, I found this year's draft to be so interesting when you consider that moment didn't happen. And most of these teams are evaluating, you know, in-house uh, with no other assistance. You know, when you get – groups together like that people talk you're going out to dinner with other agents and the coaches are going out with other coaches and and uh, everybody's having the same conversation about the same kids and and you kind of formulate your opinion as, as a group uh for now you know now it was it was digital 
you know, it was it was watching tape. It was you know very little human to human interaction, and you had to make your own evaluations. It's very true. This year was extremely different because, like you said, they haven't had the combine in two years. Right, and uh, I mean the biggest thing are the pro days, and then relying on those scouts. Uh, those guys really either earn their money this year or are going to be out of the job because it's, I mean, like you said, it's just game film. It's just conversations they've had with those players on a one-to-one basis, and they have to, you know. And, of course, they interview former coaches and former girlfriends, and it's almost like an FBI background check. That's crazy. How far back they go and how many people they talk to and even those interviews they do have with them they're trying to push buttons right they want to see how you're going to react to an unfavorable question from the media or another player they want to see every possible reaction and how your synapses is fire in every right. situation it's i mean it's so in depth and and now you know when you consider the social media aspect i find myself like waiting all the way up to the wire even during the first round of the draft just waiting to hear some kind of crazy story break you know somebody tweets out a picture of laramie tunzel wearing a gas mask full of marijuana and he drops he falls in the draft right yeah he fell out of the first round right I mean, and wasn't that his stepdad that did it too? I think. Oh, I don't even know what the story I, was, but I believe I mean, it was his stepdad. Yeah, and then even after the draft, you know, the conversations was it who was it? Mitchell Trubisky? I don't know. I don't want to say a name. Somebody here recently, uh, you know, as a thirteen-year-old, said some, uh, you know, some cancel culture things. He's some things that he shouldn't have said, and and uh, you know, as soon as he's drafted, it pops up. You know, the next day, and this is what he said, and. Yeah, this kid's out there apologizing for something he did when he was a 13-year-old middle schooler. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I, um, I know what you're talking about. I, I don't think it was Trubisky, but I do I do remember that situation. Yeah, it just it's crazy, right? It's crazy now what these kids are going through. But, you know, regardless, uh, like I said, dreams are coming true. They're getting an opportunity to be paid for the first, you know, first time for doing something they've done their entire lives. You're talking about probably a lot of these kids have got, you know, 15 years into something. Right. There's a lot of people that are 35 don't have 15 years into something. You know what I mean? 15 exactly. years at 21 years old that you have dedicated to your trade, your sport, and now here's your opportunity to make a living out of it and not just a living, a damn good one, yeah. you know, a life-changing amount of money. Oh, a, uh, a, a it changes the course of your family's trajectory it, it, as a whole. Exactly. It's yeah. generational wealth right. that these kids have the opportunity to get, and it's something that changes their entire family dynamic forever. Unfortunately, you know, You've seen it just like I have. It can, it can go a lot of different ways. Absolutely, <laughs> there's success stories and there's absolutely some failures. Yeah. Uh, there's no question about it on the field and off of the field as far as the uh, failures are con- are concerned, um, and and as far as the successes are concerned. You know, you see yeah. guys that have had great lives away from football because of what they did as players, and not just in the media. You know, you're talking about politics. You're talking about uh, there's a couple of doctors out there and lawyers oh, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. I mean, guys, Lots guys go on and do yeah. absolutely. So uh, it's was it, uh, was it Montreal Roll that I mean. Oh, yeah. He's, He's a brain surgeon. Absolutely. <laughs> Vernon Marinci is one of the more renowned businessmen here in the Midwest exactly, right now. Exactly, yeah. Like it's mean, a, there's a he lot. was pro. He was professional in two sports. Right. I yeah, mean. absolutely. So it's a, it's, it is a, uh, it's a dream maker. There's no question about it. As far as in-state, uh, we had three teams have draft picks. 
uh, Oklahoma with Creed Humphreys going to the Chiefs in the second round. Ronnie Perkins going to the Patriots in the third round. Ramondre Stevenson going to the Patriots in the fourth round. Trey Brown drafted to the Seahawks in the fourth round. And Trey Norwood uh, going to the Steelers in the seventh. Zayvon Collins from Tulsa, probably the biggest story here in the state, as he was a first-round pick, uh, number 16. Incredible story there. And then Oklahoma State with Chuba Hubbard in the fourth, Tylen Wallace in the fourth, Chuba Hubbard to the Carolina Panthers, excuse me, yeah. Tylen Wallace to the Baltimore Ravens, Rodovi in the fourth, Rodarius Williams in the sixth to the New York Giants, and Tevin Jenkins, a second-round pick uh, to the Chicago Bears. It uh, was a good, I mean, good day in the state. You're talking about 10 total athletes, uh, a first-round pick, a second, and two second-round picks. Um, but the, I think the biggest story out of those three schools is Oklahoma not having a first-rounder, and we all know what that game is, right, what it means to teams when they have first-round draft picks. Alabama had a historic, uh, you know, first-round draft pick, uh, first-round draft picks, first, second-round draft picks, an unbelievable year for them. And it, it, Nick Saban boasts about it, right, as part of his, of his recruiting pitch. How many did Alabama have going the first round? Five? He had, let's see. I mean, uh, just off the top of Jamar, my head. He had Jamar Chase. No, no, that's LSU. Yeah. He had Jalen Waddell, Devontae Smith. Devontae Smith, Mac Jones. Mac Jones. Stevenson, the center. Uh, Patrick Sertan. Patrick. Alex Leatherwood and Najee Harris. Najee. Yeah. Is that all of them? Six? Yeah. They had six guys going to first round, bro. Six. <laughs> that's literally. Oh, that's wild. One sixth of the first round. Right. One sixth on with Alabama, Alabama players. Yeah, I think Leatherwood was a bit of a stretch um, just with the injury situation, but. I can see that. Six picks in the first round. And Najee Harris, he was the first running back taken, wasn't he? I believe so, yeah. I believe so, yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it, it's it's wild when you consider how important that is today. I mean, kids are no longer going to schools for to, to be a part of the culture of the Alabama family or the Oklahoma family. As much as we want to believe that, you know, we're at that age now where we want to be, we're football purists. We want to believe that people are committed to the program and love their schools, and they're so happy to be a part of the Oklahoma State family, right? That's what we want to believe. Yeah. Uh, the reality is it's what can you do for me, not what can I do for the university. Oh, and, uh, and Nick Saban is telling them, yeah, I know what I can do for you. You want to go in the first round? We had six dudes go this year. You know, like, in, and, and he can point to his junior class and sophomore class and freshman class and tell you, you know, these guys are all, are what's next. Like, that's just the reality of this. And so for Lincoln not to have a first-round pick at Oklahoma this year, not a good look. You know, it's not a good look. But it, it had to happen at some point. You know, I, when you want to talk about why Oklahoma doesn't have a first-round pick right now, you have to go back and look at what Oklahoma was in the two or three previous years prior to Lincoln getting the head coaching job oh, and where they were at as far as that pipeline is concerned. And, yeah, the recruiting, where right. they're at toward the end of the Stoops era, the, Stoops era and the beginning of the Riley era, they were recruiting for the Big 12's championship. That was it. Yeah. Yep. They, it's all about scoring more points than the other team. The defense was yep. piss poor, to be honest with you. Um Non-existent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, it was bad uh, there for a while. I mean, they I don't know when the last time they had the Tommy Harris or Dusty Dvorak or right. even a Dan Cody up front. Right. I mean, this this is the best defensive line they had on campus since then. And without, it's, the, oh, it's not even close. Right. Oh, without a doubt. 
Yeah, so they uh, to, you know, to not have a first rounder hurts, but uh, it's not a Lincoln Riley problem. I think it's uh, you know it's a situation that he inherited, and I, he's working. This is the only kink he had to work out. Honestly, you want to talk about a seamless of a, of a rise from year one to where he's at now, the steps that he's taken, winning with what he had on campus, right, which is incredible. Right. Getting those kids drafted, which is incredible, and then when you consider what he's done in recruiting and what he's building. You know, the Oklahoma is very much in a situation where they're going to be competing for national championships the next, you know, one, two, three, four seasons probably. Oh, yeah. Like that's – they have – they've gotten there. The pipeline is full. The athletes are there. You know, we know that Lincoln Riley is one of the best offensive minds in the country. I mean, they are they are yeah. primed and ready. They, they are. His recruiting pipeline, he's established, I think, is more nationwide, whereas it was – really focused Oklahoma and Texas. And obviously that's still the breadbasket where they're going to get most of their players. But they're, I mean, quarterbacks from all over the country want to play for Lincoln. Right. I mean, he is, he is bar none, one of the best, if not the best college, uh, college football quarterbacks coach. Right. That I've ever seen. Oh yeah. I mean, he's definitely one of the best offensive minds in the game. There's no, no question, but the individual impact that he's had on quarterbacks is tremendous. You know, you're talking about Alabama and uh, the domination of the first round over the last decade. Well, let's talk about Oklahoma and the number one pick. You know what I mean? Like, let's talk about Oklahoma and Heisman trophies. Let's talk, you know, they they are, he has done everything he can with what he had. And now he's getting more and more, you know, the canvases that are coming in for him to paint on are way better. You know what I mean? They are way better and more ready. And, and that guy's turning, you know, he's turning kids that weren't expected to be. Baker Mayfield was never told he was going to be the number one pick in the NFL draft. Baker I Mayfield promise you was that. a walk on. I promise you that. State. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, Jalen Hurts, I think growth and development that he made in Norman is what got him drafted as a quarterback because they were having a conversation with that dude playing H back if he's still at Alabama. If right? he stayed, well, he couldn't be that. To a Tunga Bailoa, and honestly, I don't know if he would have beat out Mac Jones. Right, either after absolutely. Him, and, yeah. You know, so the only way he was had a chance to go p- play in the NFL at quarterback was he needed to spend some time with an actual quarterback coach that's a right. guru. And I mean, they changed his release and they changed his footwork, and right now he, he's starting for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now to say you can't guarantee anything in football. Well, that's an uh, understatement. By any means. But, you know, to say that he's not going to have his pick of, you know, the next four top quarterbacks in high school football is not – I mean, that's accurate, right? He's, oh, yeah. and, I mean, anything can happen. If Spencer Rattler does not do what we think he's going to do this year – That's not counting the the transfer portal. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Which, we have no idea what's going to happen there, right? That thing is insane now. Right. You know, that kid from Penn State, they have in the team this year. Running back? The, the quarterback. Quarterback. He is – a dual threat quarterback. I can't think of the kid's name off the top of my head. I apologize for that. CTE. But uh, he had an incredible spring game. Running all over the place. Had a nice arm. You know, like, it's he's he's got dudes and he's going to get them. And if he can't get them out of high school, he's going to get them in the transfer portal. There's no question. Oh, the running back from Tennessee. That yeah, that kid's great. great. That he's kid. A, yeah, he's he got a ton move. of talent. Yeah. Yeah, Oklahoma's in position for sure. This does, but this is newsworthy here. Uh, no first-round picks. As far as the guys that did get drafted, I think obviously Creed Humphreys uh, going to the Chiefs. We're all happy about that. You're talking about somebody who's uh, Oklahoman, you know, Shawnee kid. He is uh, shows up on campus, the, the strongest guy on the team, plays with four NFL players his freshman year, and then the next two seasons, I think due to what was around him, kind of hampered him from being his best version of himself. And to see him go in a second to a team like the Chiefs, 
uh, to now be the centerpiece of a one of the best offensive yeah, lines. A in the, completely in the, rebuilt offensive oh, line. Yeah. Orlando uh, Brown, have a brother there. Play, yes, yeah. that's pretty cool. Uh, and from my understanding, Orlando Brown kind of mentored Creed while he Absolutely. was at OU. So, yeah. I mean, I think that's a – that's a no-brainer uh, win-win situation for both of those guys. Yeah, they're thrilled. They also signed that the guard, um, Tooney. Yeah, I yeah. Mean, they got can, some dudes. Yeah, that offensive line in Kansas City, and it's going to be very good this year. And he's got a good running back, and obviously the best quarterback, arguably in the game. Yeah, and I mean one they're of the both best offensive minds in the game, calling plays. So Creed's in a a beautiful situation, if you ask me, to have a really stellar career. And, right. I mean, honestly, he has a chance to make the Pro Bowl within inside his first two or three years. Oh, I agree 100%. Yeah, he's got guys around him. You know, he's got guys around him. And when you consider uh, Patrick Mahomes, the style of football that they play, it's very Lincoln-Riley-esque. You know, I think the creativity there is something that Creed is familiar with. The mobility of Mahomes he's familiar with. Like, this is a perfect fit for those both those yeah. guys. And then somewhere somewhere in the OU marketing department, some person is rubbing their hands together thinking, I'm going to have a couple of players win Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, OU's going to level up having those two guys in that team. There's no question, right? Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Uh, and his – Damian Williams still with them? No, I don't think he is. Did he? I think he opted out. I, he opted out last yeah. year, but I didn't know if he would come back this year or not. Yeah, I think he came back. I just don't know if he's still on the team. I think there's a lot of those dudes that opted out that were released. Yeah. And you could have saw that coming. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, I think they drafted his replacement. Right. <laughs> yeah, with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Yeah, yeah. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire last uh, year. Um, the other ones, that's uh, Ronnie Perkins going to the Patriots. A lot of people were surprised to see Perk slide into the third round. I think uh, that's all has to do with his size. Yeah. I think that football, if you told me, it's it's amazing how much the game has changed since, like, Eric Stryker, right, who I think it was significantly smaller than, than Perkins. But, you know, I, I think that Perkins is a hybrid-type player that is – needed on a roster today when you consider Tyree Kill being what he is. You know, being able to cover in a short amount of you know time with somebody that athletic, some of these inside receivers, some of these tight ends who are very athletic now. Perkins is an asset in the NFL. I, I just think that, you know, if they were able to have sixty four guys on a roster instead of the fifty Whatever it is, you it's know, yeah, roster, it's yeah. not even a, uh, it's not even a question. He's a, he's an early draft pick. You know, you want specialists at that point. So I think he's going to have a home. I think the work ethic is incredible. And I'm telling you, just watching that dude run receivers down this year and the limited time that we saw him do it, you know, I, it, it, he is going to be, he's done going to do well. And I would love to see what his numbers look like after 12 games. You know, he's a third round pick after a season where he was suspended for half the year. Mm-hmm. By the way, big f you to the freaking Boston newspaper whose the headline was Patriots draft a Perkins in third round after uh, drug suspension. Like, what? that was the headline. Like, what the f- what is that garbage? That is complete trash. Mac Jones had a DUI. Guess yeah. what the headline was for him? Not, not look at his DUI. Well, no, they didn't even mention it, I'm sure. Like, that's some bullshit, man. I was pretty upset about that for him. But I don't blame you. That is complete but, horseshit. But I am uh, I'm happy to see him go. But Stevenson to the, you know, Patriots in the fourth round. I think Ramondre is uh, a good four-down back. I, I'm, I'll be curious to see if he is athletic enough to play in that league. If he is, I think he'll be fine. You know what I mean? Th- this is not a game thing with him. I think his game very much translates to the NFL. Uh, I'm just – I don't know, you know, from a speed and overall physicality standpoint, those dudes are thumpers up there. Yeah. You know, is well, he going to be able to have that same type of game? That's just it. New England's so deep. 
at the running back position. I, I mean, Belichick doesn't care who's carrying the ball as long as they're getting the yards. Right. Um, I mean, with Sony Michael and everyone else they've got up there. Um, who's the other kid? Um, I'm drawing a blank now. For Patriots? Yeah. The pass catching running back. Uh, well, plus they got Rex Burkhead and everyone else. Up Is there. Burkhead still even there? I don't even, they, they that team looks so different than it did a few years ago. Yeah, he uh, was there last year. I know that. Yeah, God, I can't believe that guy's still in the league. Nebraska. Yeah, old Rex. What about Trey Sermon going to the Forty ers Yeah, yeah, you guy. That's a you know you want to talk about a perfect situation for a running back, right? Oh, I mean, God, that dude is a uh, great yeah. offensive line. You know, they want to run the football there. Want to? I mean, sixty-seven percent of their offense is running right. the ball, and it doesn't. Uh, typical Shanahan offense. It doesn't really matter who's carrying the ball; they're going to pound it out with the zone blocking scheme, and they're going to get their yardage. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then obviously with the uh, the Lance kid, that offense levels up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. The mobility uh, of the quarterback, the run threat there. Uh, there's so little tape on that kid that. You know, everything I saw looks amazing. Right. 17 games. They said he's like a savant. Yes, in the whiteboard. Yeah. Which Shanahan, I'm sure, is just rubbing his. Like, if you really think about it, did we really think Shanahan was going to draft Mac Jones? When you really think about it, with everything the, you heard with that Lance kid. Kick. Yeah, come no. on, bro. I can't believe they the Patriots drafted that dude as high as they did. Honestly. Honestly, I, I agree with you there. And they're comparing him to Joe Burrow and everything else. And. I just I don't see the Patriots are. Uh, everyone was. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, they're, they're like Joe Burrow's not going to beat you with his legs. I'm like, yeah, but yeah, he can no. move around in the no, pocket. No. Burrow and, absolutely can beat you with his legs. Yeah, yeah. I mean, to the edge. Uh-huh. Burrow more capable and before this knee injury, more capable than Mayfield was to beat you to the edge. Wow. Yeah, that I saw him in, just watch him in, per, in person at the Peach Bowl. I was like, why did no one tell me he was that fast? That fast. Like, he can absolutely run. Move. Yeah, so I, I don't know. Al- I was always surprised at how fast Trevor Lawrence was at right. 6, 220. Right. Um, yeah, so there, there's your Sooners. The Oklahoma State Cowboys had four players drafted. Tevin Jenkins is the uh, diamond here. He slipped out of the first round, I guess, due to some late injury reports. Uh, but he's a second-round pick to the Bears. And then you had Chuba Hubbard going to four to the Carolina Panthers. Tylen Wallace go to the four to the Baltimore Ravens. And Rodar- Rodarius Williams go to the sixth uh, to the New York Giants. You know, I think Jenkins is a uh, – a good football player, you know. I don't know that I I would have considered him a first round pick. I was a little surprised initially until I saw the workout numbers and then just kind of watching the tape. I mean, he's right. a, he's a nasty blocker and he he finishes. I struggle with I struggle with competition. Right, right. So from my junior year, my junior year was Tommy and Dusty and you know. Tank Reese and the, I probably played against six All American caliber defensive tackles that in junior the, year. Just in the league, right? Right, just in the Big Twelve. That my next year there wasn't any of them. They were all gone. I think the best player I played against was a freshman at UCLA. Right. So my drafts that it dropped immediately because there was no film of me playing anybody worthy. I'm still having a hard time finding a bunch of elite level players in the Big Twelve to give me a real good reading on how tackles are going to play. Uh, on the next level, right, if they're not just glaringly sticking out to me, mm-hmm. right? So, like, Cody Ford or Orlando Brown, 
watching those dudes play college football, they were like playing a video game. Yeah. They really stuck out. They both look like first round picks to me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I and you know, and they and at one point, and I think they both ended up being second round picks. Or Atlanta was a third round pick because of the bench press, something yeah. like that. Um, they had a first round nasty to them, but the competition level they played against was superior. Was well, I wouldn't say it was superior. To, I don't know. I didn't think it was that great either, which is why I kept them from being first round picks. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I just. I just have a hard time, and and Jenkins didn't stick out as much to me as those guys did. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So I think that uh, the Bears think they got their guy. Obviously, they picked up um, they traded Justin up to Fields. Get him. Yeah, yeah, they traded up to get him, and they got Justin Fields, so they have the protector for him for a while now. But we'll see how he how he performs. Yeah, and also, I never thought his body was his. Yeah, his body was never that impressive to me. But it, I mean, because he's kind of rangy, six seven. I mean, he's a yeah. tall kid. Uh, and then they got that. Offensive tackle from Missouri, uh, Larry Brown. Uh, the Bears also took him. Oh, okay. There uh, you go. I believe that was the f- their fourth round pick. They gave up the third, obviously, to get Fields. But uh, so they've got a couple of young ta- tackles coming in, and they've signed uh, in free agency a center and a guard. So hopefully their offensive line is stable, somewhat sufficient to give Fields a chance not to. Die his right. first year. Right, that's the biggest thing you got to worry about with those rookie quarterbacks is they get the Derek Carr syndrome. They get sacked so much that first year that they're seeing shadows the rest of their career. Right, a lot of people uh, surprised about Tyler Wallace falling to the fourth, and and I don't, you know, we're sitting here talking before we got started, and I don't really know that I'm that I would have picked him. You know, with the the injuries hurt him. Um, I don't know what you know. How fast is he without two knees? Right, I don't know what that is, but but right now his speed doesn't do enough for me as, no. in regards to being able and his size. He's not a burner. so he's not fast and he's, he's not big. He's not huge. Right, uh, he's got great hands and he can high point the ball as good as anybody for his size. Right, but he's not going to outleap corners right. or six three or anything like that. Um, but he's a football player. But, yeah. He's got a first-round heart. There's no question about it. And as far as going to get the football is concerned, I don't know if there's a better receiver in the, in the league this year. Not in the Big 12. Uh, yeah. So he'll, he, he he'll was, go get it. He'll go across the middle. He oh, doesn't yeah. care. Um, it's just analytics don't allow you to take that kid in the first round. Right. Oh, you know, or second round. Yeah. Definitely not in the first two days. Right. Uh, yeah. And that's solely off size. And speed. speed yes. And, and the injury. Right. Yeah. And, so, and injury yeah. history. Yeah. Fourth round makes it, sense to me. It has nothing to do with his ability or how he performed or didn't perform or anything like that. It's all analytics on that. Hmm. And then uh, Chuba Hubbard goes in a four two. Carolina. Carolina. Funny story about Matt Rule. <laughs> right. What did you? St- it's uh So his apparently his wife had texted him and said, "If you don't pick up Chuba Hubbard." With your next pick, you might as well not come home tonight. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> because she watched him absolutely uh, dominate Baylor for two years. And, you know, if he's there, you might as well. <laughs> right. I mean, fourth round. Uh, you feel bad for the kid. Yeah, because, you know, last year, coming off the 2,000-yard season, you think right. he would go in the first two or three rounds. Whole offensive line gets hurt in the first, oh. you know. You lose a kid because of suspension. You you have the whole line get hurt in the first two weeks. You know, a bunch of under 
age kids out there getting snaps. True freshmen, and yeah, yeah. it's just not a good look. No, and so he. I don't know how you know. I don't know how you have success uh, behind an offensive line like that. And then the fact that his backup, LD Brown, kind of did at times didn't help him either. No, Um, I don't think LD. I thought LD Brown had a horrible season. Right, those freshmen and whoever else they had to get in there when Chuba was actually injured right i thought played a lot better than ld brown did i think that they are i think that oklahoma state would be interested in the running back room i'm excited to see what they bring up uh what's what's i think they've got some talent yeah i really do um you know as far as hubbard in this on the next level he didn't display elite level speed in his 40 either which is which weird. Is a little surprising. Uh, and so I don't know where he fits. You know, I, I think his where he was drafted is probably where he needed to be drafted also. Uh, you know, fourth-round picks aren't even guaranteed to make rosters. You better go earn that sucker. Uh, so I, I think he's got an opportunity here with a team that I, I, is – I think he's got a really good chance at making the team in Carolina for a, for a few reasons. One is he's a bigger back. I mean, he's right. almost six one. I think he's listed it. I think his measurements were around 210, 212, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, but he, he runs with a forward lean, and he's a very patient runner despite his speed. And he used to be a Canadian track star. Right. So he's got some speed. I don't know if the injury kind of hurt Hampered that him or what, this yeah. Year. And but some dudes just don't like to run a forty. That's true. At the same time, though, he is a track. He's a track guy. So yeah, I, I don't know. We'll yeah. see. Because I know he's run low tens in the hundred. Right. Uh, Which is fast as hell. Yeah, that's. And maybe it's just back end speed. Yeah, that's world class you know. speed. Um, and then playing for, playing behind Christian McCaffrey, obviously, I think will benefit him tremendously, and, I mean, he's going to get a chance to play quite a bit because. McCaffrey doesn't stay healthy. It's kind of one of the things about him. Like last year, he only played in three games. Right. So I think Hubbard, between that, the special teams, and everything else, he's going to get the opportunity to play. It's just a matter of what uh, what he's able to do with what's been a suspect offensive line in right. Carolina. But Joe Brady is the offensive coordinator, and Matt Rule are – they're offensive guys, so, you know, I, I, I like his chances there. Uh, as far as the Tulsa uh, representative, first-round pick, uh, number 16 in the first round, Mr. Zavin Collins, Hominy, Oklahoma, stand up, right? Pretty incredible. Has uh, played quarterback in high school, ends up at Tulsa. The kid is six foot five, you know, 250-plus pound, uh, absolute thumper. But what made him really stand out this year was the number of interceptions that he had uh, clearly somebody that understands the game. And, I, and I've always loved linebackers that learn throughout the four quarters, right? Linebackers that evolve exactly. with the offenses. As the offense presents itself and uncovers the game plan, the linebacker is learning and getting better based off of n- current knowledge, current data. And that, this kid is absolutely one of those guys. You remember Chris Chamberlain from Tulsa? Oh, yeah, absolutely. This kid reminds me of him uh, as far as the way he plays so much. Uh because he was also a former quarterback. And right. They they diagnose plays like a quarterback at the middle linebacker, outside linebacker position, um, and it seems like it allows them to be in the right position at the right time quicker than a normal linebacker, right. essentially. So I, I think Arizona, that's a great location for him, playing next to uh, – 
was the kid they got last year, Simmons. Yeah, who is a freak. Who's an and this kid is freak. a freak, too. Yeah, this Collins kid's ran f- like a ridiculous 40. Yeah, I think four, it was 4.5. Four, four, yeah, 4.5. Four, 4.8. Four, 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 yeah, yeah, something um, stupid. Yeah, and yeah, and like you said, he's 6'5", 250 pounds. I mean, yeah, but but I, mean, I, I don't have this in front of me. I'm sorry, but I believe he made a 34 on his Wonderlick test out of a possible 36 or something. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. He's a, he's a very smart kid, and like I said, he diagnoses offensive plays and puts himself in the right position really quickly. Well, the the uh, the Cardinals get better for sure, without a doubt. Uh, defensively, I don't know if they did enough offensively to get me excited, but uh, that's for for another podcast. We'll talk about that at a later date. Um, just some some takeaways from the college football season uh, and this year's draft. Once again, the SEC dominates. Sixty five players drafted out of two hundred fifty nine total picks, uh, the most by a single conference in the common draft era since nineteen sixty seven. The previous record was held by. The SEC. The SEC, <laughs> just two years ago, which probably could have guessed. So um, I, I think that this is, it, once again, you know, when it comes to recruiting, uh, it is a rat race. And the SEC has just got such an advantage in those mid-level teams to bring in um, high-level talent because that's where kids are getting drafted out of, mm-hmm. right? Uh, Alabama had a historic season on their own with six guys drafted in the first round. Uh, which is absolutely incredible. Well, the uh, fact that they've had four wide receivers go in the first round in the last two years. Right. I mean, that's – well, well, how about this? Two quarterbacks and two receivers in the first round the last two years. So they had – so in the last five seasons or six or seven seasons, Alabama has had – Eight guys drafted in 2021 in the first two rounds. Seven guys drafted in 2020 in the first two rounds. And in 2017, they had seven guys drafted in the first two rounds. Like, that's insane, right? That's insane. But that's why they're dominant, because yeah. kids are going to school there so they can go get drafted. And that's Nick Saban's pitch to them. You can, I mean, because their backups get drafted. Right. You p- play here, wait your turn. And then you go play pro. And then they had the Panthers actually took Dante Brown in the sixth round. Uh, there, I think he was a right tackle who was large enough to play both guard and tackle. Like that dude is, he's twice my size. They, twice my size. Their long snapper got drafted, Sam. I've never seen a deep snapper get drafted before. Alabama's did? Alabama had a long snapper and so did Michigan. Nice. I've never seen a long snapper get drafted. Specialist, stand up and then sit right the hell down. Yeah. A deep snapper, <laughs> and th- this kid from Alabama, he got it was in the sixth round, but he's listed at six one, two hundred and forty five pounds, and it showed him just flying down the field on uh, punts, just laying people out. I um, that's awesome. That's yes. Sign um, me up for a, a, a special. If that's a football player, one of our common friends, uh, Luke Phillips. I, that's what I loved about him. He was a football player. Uh, the Big 12, other Power 5 schools, they suck. They struggled, right? It's uh, There wasn't it, a lot of NFL talent. No. I, I feel like the, the Big 12 conference Not a lot of top-tier NFL talent. <laughs> yeah, I think the Big 12 conference is getting better. I think they are I agree. growing. I think they are, you know, starting to develop run games across the board. I think, you know, there's a the, the coaches in this league are impressive. Um, 
you know, I think you're, it's a matter of time before they start to pull themselves up by their bootstraps a little bit and start. But it, when Oklahoma's getting defensive players drafted and Kansas State's going to get defensive players drafted and, you know, Oklahoma State had defensive players drafted, just any drafting is good. I mean, there were years where the Big 12 didn't have any defensive players drafted like because it was just that bad. So I think it's getting better, which is a positive for right. sure. Yeah, when the offenses are averaging – over 40-something points a game, it's hard for a defense, a defender to stand out at all on any team. Right. Especially enough to get drafted. Yeah. Um, outside of that, man, I think the, probably the top five is probably the second most interesting thing for me, um, or one of the most interesting things for me in this draft. You know, Trevor Lawrence does what he does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all knew that was going to happen. Um, the number two pick, BYU, with Zach Wilson. I, I was – you want to talk about a – Interesting looking kid, right? Like he looks like a Ken doll, uh, and just looks scared to death at the draft, right? He did skittish, and that kind of said something to me. That that, that would worry me. Yeah, because now you're going to, to you're going New to York. the Jets. Bro. You're going to like, New York. Like yeah. that media will eat, eat yes you alive. I would have had a you know he he looks uncomfortable at times in that setting, and I'm like you're going to one of the biggest shows. On the planet, so we'll see what he is able to accomplish there. Trey Lance goes third uh, to the 49ers, which you know they did a great job winning, making us want to believe that they were going to pick Mac Jones. And I did a great job convincing myself and just doing my normal radio stuff, like man, you know this is th- this is why he would be interested in a player like this because he's just going to do what he's told. You know, he came from a pedigree that he's been coached hard. I think uh, originally and- they. They moved up to number three to guarantee that they got Mac Jones, which is just, I, which it, is crazy. Yeah, but, I think that's. An, and I, but so part of me is like, did you do that? But say that gave all them that. a month to examine, right? Everyone, I think that, and maybe they just didn't want somebody to to say that they liked that Lance kid as much as they did. Well, because uh, I wonder how how sure the Jets were with their pick. Because let me tell you something: the Lance kid might be. Like from just as far as ceilings go, you look at the all the quarterbacks drafted in the first round. He might have the highest ceiling. I, I don't think that's wrong at all. Right. I, I think he does have the highest ceiling. Unfortunately, I think he has the lowest floor. Probably because if he whips, if you whiff, he whips big, right? Yeah. And it, he, and like it, Ryan Leaf whiff. But to see the thing that makes you feel like that's not going to happen is what you're hearing about him on the whiteboard. Right. See, most of the time when when I get players, and his dad was a pro. Right, he played in the CFL for eleven years. Is I think the kid knows football, and I think he's a freak athlete. I agree. I just don't know that he's ever had hands put on him like he's getting ready to have hands put on him. Like yeah. There's a big difference getting hit by somebody playing South Dakota State than well, somebody coming downhill that plays at with you know Jalen Ramsey coming across the field and lighting your ass up as you go scrambling <laughs> down the field. Ryan Clark had the best analysis uh, watching film on uh, on Trey Trey Lance. You know, he looks amazing, and then all of a sudden you look in the end zone, and it says penguins. Who the hell are the penguins? Right, yeah, <laughs> I mean, right. who's he playing? Yeah, right. He's, I mean, these defensive ends are 6'1", 235 pounds. He's bigger than half of the front eight yeah. or front seven of, of any defense that he plays. Yeah. But, I mean, he's a big kid, big arm, great release. But I think the thing that – you know, you keep hitting on is his mental yeah. aptitude. Apparently, he's just a, for sav- the game. a savant. Well, yeah. as a freshman, he was uh, organizing uh, 
throwing nights, Thursday nights with his receivers and, you know, doing things with the playbook that the offensive coordinator hadn't considered yet. Right. You know, so I, th- I think things like that are really going to benefit him and allow him to have that very high ceiling. As far as uh, um, the fourth pick, Kyle Pitts, as uh, – as yeah, as far as that's a great question. We have a we have a, a writing question here. <laughs> um, when was the last time a QB and running back from the same team got drafted together, like Lawrence and and Etienne? Etienne. I'm trying to think. Running backs from the same team. Yeah. I don't. Nick, I don't know that the, the uh, last time a team drafted a running back and a quarterback I can think of was Whedon and. Old boy from Alabama. Uh, yeah, but I can't think of the same team. And Randall and Richardson. Though. Whedon and Richardson went to the Browns the same year in the oh, first that's round. Right. Um, I can think of a court, some quarterbacks and receivers that have ended up on the same team in the same draft. Let's we'll look that up, man. Yeah, that, that's a good question. Though I can't actually think of any. Um, Nick, I'll slide into your DMs and give you the answer. <laughs> Sliding on in. Yeah, because Etienne, he was a number two running back taken this year right behind yeah. uh, Najee. Najee. Um, that's a great question. Kyle Pitts. Banger bust. They went all in, fourth pick. Atlanta probably as ready as any team in the league to have success next year, 100%. Um, you know what? I'm going to go – Bang, because yeah. I've never seen a kid that has that much size and speed play a tight end. And the thing is, he's not hes not like your – and this isn't talking down or anything to uh, – who's the former Sooner that's up in Baltimore right now? Um, Mark Andrews. Mm-hmm. It's not a slight toward him. Yeah. Pitts is a willing blocker. Like, he will get in there, get his hand on the ground, and go to work. But he can also run a route like a receiver. And he's got a dump truck. all-pro receiver. Yeah, he's got a a catch radius size of a a dump truck. A dump truck. Yeah. and, And his hands are so damn big that if it gets inside that dump trunk radius... He is going to catch it and hold on to it. Yeah, I, my biggest thing with him is I don't know if my analytics, if my analytics tell me I can't draft a player in the top four and put him on the line of scrimmage. You know what I mean? Like that's what analytics mm-hmm. tell me. Like there's there's your your there's too much value in that fourth pick where you're going to allow him to engage the game of football. Right? The quarterbacks are not supposed to be hits or in the scrum that's why they go in the top four that's why rarely do you see running backs go that high right because you just i mean you have to be a freak to get up there see Zeke ta- elliott see tackles yeah go that high yeah but they're protecting the money right you know what i mean but as far as a a I, I, scoring threat he protection scoring threat and i i think the most amazing thing to me about the kid he's 20 years old Bro, did you see Miles Garrett at the draft? Yeah. I don't I don't understand the suit that he had on. 
like if you would have told me that someone had that Miles Garrett had put a suit over a Hulk suit, I would have believed you. Like you're gonna go let that kid go block Miles Garrett. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like there's no way because now if I'm Miles Garrett and I, I don't even have to be told this, if I'm Miles Garrett, I'm gonna try to break that dude's arm every time I get my hands on him. Because he's such an impact player. Like, it just seems like such a risk in the, with the fourth pick. But what else were they going to do? Right? Matt Ryan's getting pretty old. They definitely could have looked at a quarterback, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've just – I've never seen a tight end go number that high. four. But, yeah. I mean, what was his – he sub four five forty, two hundred and sixty 260 pounds, 6'6", and he's 20 years old. Right. Which means – He's not done growing and maturing. Like, you want to talk about a ceiling. Right. That kid could jump through a ceiling. You've got, uh, and with the fifth pick, Jamar Chase, with the Bengals, I found this extremely interesting since your brand-new shiny quarterback is uh, broken. See the scar on that boy's knee? It looks like something on my father's knees. Why is it that long? In the day and age of micro, you know, like everything's done with a with a. As someone who also keloids. Oh yeah. It's a keloid. That's but it's but it's like six inches long. It seems like. Oh. He got he got chopped up. Yeah. No, so they they went in and made sure there was no uh, what's the micro uh, microfasciitis whatever. Oh yeah. They wanted to make sure that. Uh, everything with the meniscus and all the bones and everything was good, so that's He's, why. Yeah, he it's a big, big old scar. I don't know. I would have had a hard time not drafting a tackle. Uh, yeah, they it's, especially your, your line was bad. Right there. Yeah. Now look, you get his college receiver back, who was a freak. Jamar, Jamar Chase is an absolute freak, like Randy Moss type projections for this kid, right? Oh, agreed. He, but he the, and Waddle both are, and Smith. I mean, there was some. Yeah. Amazing talented res- receivers in this receivers draft. in this draft, yeah. That and that's exactly why Tylon Wallace wasn't looked at until the third or fourth round. Right. Who's your offensive rookie of the year this year? Be able to guess. One of those quarterbacks. Yeah, I'm putting my money on Fields. Okay, offensive rookie of the year, Fields for you. I will go Trey Lance. I'll take the risk. Good Trey Lance. Uh, defensive rookie of the year. Sutan. I will Sutan. go with also the risk, and I'm going to go J.C. Horn uh, with South Carolina. He's a real asshole. Like, yeah. just a real no. – Baker Mayfield plays in the secondary. Yeah. And I think he's just dumb enough to go out there and have a great time this year and talk a lot of shit and have a lot of success. Yeah. I, I like your Trey Lance pick. I'm just afraid they're going to play go- – Garoppolo too much. Yeah. Which, same thing could happen with Dalton. The only thing. You don't think they're going to move Garoppolo before then? Where? Somebody needs a quarterback. They need right? one that's healthy. <laughs> right. Garoppolo hasn't played a full season. Right. Period. I think Lance very much, if, if he is as smart as they say he is, I think he's very much ready for the NFL today. So I would expect I would expect him to, to push him as much as they can to get him on to play. I think Shanahan wants him to play. Yeah, I, I don't think possible. Shanahan even likes Garoppolo. No, I I know he doesn't like Garoppolo. He right. wasn't his quarterback. He didn't he didn't pick him. He didn't sign him. He was 
inherited him. I'm uh, I'm excited next year, man. It should, it should be a lot of fun. I paid more attention to the NFL this in the last two years than I have probably in a long time, and I'm yeah. I'm intrigued. And I think a lot of it's just because I'm covering so many more players that are being drafted. Yeah, that I'm getting old, so Sundays are not Sunday fun day as much as they are. Sit your ass down, and watch football. Yeah, take some notes and figure out what you're going to say about it during the rest of the week. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I appreciate your time, my friend. Thank you. And thank you, man. As and, always. And so you, uh, like I said, Bo is an attorney here in in Oklahoma City, and uh, an exceptional one. Well, I don't like to brag. And so you're going to be hearing some some spots about Bo uh, and his business here. And uh, yeah, so you guys are in the market for an attorney. I'll, I'll let you guys know here shortly. You know what what Bo does and and how you get a hold of him. Yeah, please. Uh, I'm a general practice practitioner. Do a little bit of everything. Wills, trusts. Oil and gas, real estate, LLC formations, uh, 788 cannabis compliance, uh, you name it, and uh, I can do it. All right, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Later. The Sam Mays Podcast is a production of P-Squared Media.